today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. How do we bear fruit for God? By abiding in Christ. By staying connected to Him. Fruitfulness doesn't come by our efforts or our energy or our, our, our works. It's not something that we produce in our flesh. It comes from simply abiding in Christ. It is the natural result of a relationship with Jesus Christ. One theme that will be emphasized in today's message is the importance of bearing fruit. What does that look like? How does that happen? For many of us, we may strive and strive trying to put out something that pleases God, but it's actually counterproductive. As Pastor Dan will encourage us in today's message, if we simply submit ourselves to the will of our Father, abiding in His love, He'll prune away the parts of us that aren't bearing fruit and encourage growth in those that are. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 15 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John 15, verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Jesus says, I'm I'm the true vine, not Israel. As we've seen in Ezekiel, Israel did not bear fruit for God. Jesus says, "I'm, I'm the authentic vine, because Jesus was faithful to the Father, and Jesus obeyed the Father, and Jesus did bear fruit for the Father. So He's the true vine. He's the one who did it right. He goes on to say, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes. Why? That it may bear more fruit. So he says here in this parable, Jesus is the vine and we as Christians, we are the branches, those who are in Christ, every branch in me, those who are in Christ and the vine, of course, the vine feeds the branches with nutrients and the vine dresser, that's the father, the vine dresser tends to the branches, prunes them, cares for them for the purpose of Bearing fruit. That, that's the only use of the vine and the branch is to bear fruit. That's, listen, that's your purpose. You're the branch. I'm the branch. Our purpose, your purpose, my purpose in this life is to bear fruit for God. And we're really good for nothing else. You know, this is one of those passages that... Uh, When you first read it, you're like, yeah, Jesus is the vine. I'm the branch. I abide in him. I bear fruit. I'm just a vine. I'm just a branch attached to the vine. And and it has kind of this like nice romantic thing. But once you start to dig into scriptures, you realize, well, well, branch is not really good for anything other than bearing fruit. Can't make anything out of it. You can't really burn it for fuel. Wait a minute, God, what are you saying about me? 
It's kind of like how the Bible talks about how we're sheep. Oh, we love that. Oh, we're sheep. Jesus is my shepherd. You know, the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm just a sheep. Well, then you learn about sheep. And you're like, well, man, sheep are pretty dumb. What does that say about me? I'm pretty helpless without the Lord is what it means. Well, hey, you're, you're, you're just a, a great branch. Your only purpose is to bear fruit. And you're not really good for anything else. I'm not really good for anything else. Why not? Well, because I'm kind of twisted and crooked. Can't really make anything out of me other, other than just bearing fruit. You can't really, I'm just too twisted and crooked. And I'm pretty soft and flimsy. I wouldn't even make a good peg to hold up a coat. Do you see? The only thing you're good for, the only thing I'm good for, is bearing fruit. Is bearing fruit for God. Well, well, what kind of fruit? Well, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. The New Testament also talks about the fruit of holiness, the fruit of righteousness. It talks about the, the, the fruit of our lips, which is the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. We're to bear fruit for God. And, and we're not really good or useful for much of anything else. And, and look what it says here. God, again, God's goal for every Christian is not only that we would bear fruit, but that we would increase in bearing fruit in our lives. In verse 2, he talks about the branch that bears no fruit, that it would bear more fruit in verse 2. So we go from no fruit to more fruit. Uh, in verse 5, to much fruit. In verse uh, 16, he talks about fruit that remains, or remaining fruit, lasting fruit. Down in verse 16. And then in verse 8, he tells us that fruitfulness is the proof of true discipleship, according to verse 8. Again, not... Not yet. Well, I was baptized when I was kid or a kid, or I went forward for an altar call when I was a teenager at a youth camp, or, or I used to be part of this ministry, or I was a deacon in my church, or I would. But are you bearing fruit now? Is there fruit? Are you increasing in fruitfulness in your life? Or are you talking about fruit that you had several seasons ago? Do you have fruit this season in your life? Is it fruit that remains? Because that's the proof of a true disciple. Look what Jesus says here in verse 3. He says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. How do we bear fruit for God? By abiding in Christ. By staying connected to Him. Fruitfulness doesn't come by our efforts or our energy or our, our, our works. 
It's not something that we produce in our flesh. It comes from simply abiding in Christ. It is the natural result of a relationship with Jesus Christ. How do you, how do you abide in Christ? Well, through prayer, through spending time in, in the Word, meditating on Scripture, through, through worship, through fellowship, as we're doing here tonight, fellowship with other believers, through obeying His, His commands. Describing abiding in Christ is simple to describe. It's difficult to do, though. And, and I would say, too, with this, with this shutdown that we've all been under for so many months, in some ways, it has become harder to abide in Christ. It's just more challenging for us. That doesn't give us a pass. It doesn't mean like, well, we can take our foot off the gas of abiding in Christ during the pandemic. No. It, it just means we, we have to be more intentional now about abiding in Christ. We, we have to be more uh, deliberate about abiding in Christ. We've we got to put more into that relationship now because we do have so many challenges to abiding in Him. But we still want to abide in Him so that we bear much fruit, fruit that remains. A fruitless branch is useless. A fruitless branch is good for nothing else. He, he goes on here in verse 6. He says, If anyone does not abide in Me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in Me and My words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Bearing fruit for Christ. Bearing fruit by abiding in Christ. It glorifies the Father. So you will be my disciples. A true disciple of Jesus Christ is constantly bearing fruit for Him. Now, the warning to us in this, in John chapter 15, is the same warning that God gave the people in Ezekiel's day. Jesus said, apart from me, if you're separated from me, if you're apart from me, you can do nothing. If we don't abide in Christ, we will not bear fruit. And again, a vine is only good for one thing. Bearing fruit. We're only good for one thing. Bearing fruit for God. Look at verse 6 again. John fifteen six. Jesus tells us the fruitless branch is tossed aside and eventually burned in the fire. Now, this is now listen, listen, this is not a description of hell. This is not talking about the lake of fire. It's not referring to uh, the loss of salvation since we are eternally secure as believers. So don't don't get confused here. I'm not saying you can lose your salvation. It's not what he's saying here. The burning is a reference to the consequences of not abiding in Christ, of being disconnected from the vine. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. 
If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com, or through our church app, or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. If a believer is disconnected from the vine for too long, don't be surprised if you experience some kind of divine discipline in your life. That's what's happening back in Ezekiel 15. It's divine discipline. Yes, they were God's special vine back in Ezekiel 15, but they didn't abide in God and they didn't bear fruit for God. And so they were eventually burned up. God sent judgment. He sent the Babylonians. They were still God's people. That didn't change. But they suffered God's discipline for their fruitlessness. Yes, they were the vine, but they were fruitless and so they were useless to God. And so He just brought judgment upon them, discipline upon the nation. You know, there was a a famous Bible teacher um, who lived in the, the 20th century named Alan Redpath. And Alan Redpath was a successful accountant in England. And one day he was talking to a Christian friend who told him, Alan, it's possible for you to have a saved soul and a wasted life. And Redpath never forgot those words. Those words haunted him because Redpath knew he was guilty of having a saved soul, and a wasted life. And it was because of that conversation that Alan Redpath really dedicated his life to serving the Lord and went on to become a great Bible teacher and evangelist. And he served the Lord until the day he went home to be with the Lord. It's possible to have a saved soul and a wasted life. Or or, or to be saved and have the assurance of heaven you know, that you're going to go to heaven when you die, but, but not really bear any fruit for God in your life here on, on earth. And have a life that is, is wasted, a life that is, is in, a, in, in a way useless to God because there's no fruit there. There's, there's no fruit bearing taking place. That's what was happening with Israel. There just was no fruit. Now what do you do? So what, what do we do if we ever find ourselves in that place? Or maybe you are in that place. What do you do if you're not abiding in Christ and there's not really any fruit? You repent and you start abiding in Christ. (laughs) Start abiding in Him. And then the natural result of your relationship with Him and your abiding in Him will be fruit. It's just the natural thing that's produced from that. Now, if you turn back to Ezekiel 15, we'll finish up. It's only eight verses, this chapter. Can you believe we're spending so much time on eight verses? It's important. Again, Israel was God's special vine, but Israel did not abide in God and Israel did not bear fruit for God. Now, look at verse 6 of Ezekiel 15. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, like the wood of the vine among the trees of the forest, which I have given to the fire for fuel, so I will give up the inhabitants of Jerusalem and I will set my face against them. They will go out from one fire, but another fire shall devour them. 
then you shall know that I am the Lord when I set my face against them. God, God said the people of Jerusalem were like the wood of the vine among the trees of the forest. They, they have no fruit and the, the, the wood has no other use. It's worthless. So they're given as fuel for the fire. And notice the Lord says, which I have given to the fire for fuel. He's clear here. He's doing this. He's bringing this discipline upon them. He's bringing this fire upon them because of their fruitlessness. He says, so I will give up the inhabitants of of Jerusalem. The Lord, Yahweh, God is the one who's doing this. He's the one who throws the wood in the fire. He's the one who gives up the inhabitants of Jerusalem to be destroyed by the Babylonians. The fire is God's divine discipline that he's bringing upon the nation for not abiding in him and for not bearing fruit. Again, he's, he's not completely turning his back on them and forsaking them. There's still his people. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He doesn't change his mind about the nation of Israel. He doesn't change his plan for them. He doesn't disown them as his people, but he does bring this discipline upon them. He says, I'll set my face against them. He's opposed to them now because of their fruitlessness. And he says in verse 7 that they will go out from one fire, but another fire shall devour them. If you remember, the Babylonians, they came uh, and invaded the land on three separate occasions. It was like one fire after another fire after another fire with the Babylonians, and it was fire after fire until they were finally consumed. And why didn't God just send fire in one you know, burst and wipe them out? Because He's gracious. And he's, he's giving them time to repent. He's giving them the opportunity to start abiding in Him. To turn back to Him. That's why it didn't just happen all at once with just you know, one invasion by Babylon. He, he gave them the opportunity to turn back and begin to abide in Him. And look what it says here. You know, you know, God's, God's purpose in... Sending discipline into our lives because God disciplines those whom he loves. And God does have an expectation, right? He does have an expectation of fruitfulness in our lives. Not perfection, praise the Lord, but that we would abide in him and that we would bear fruit. And, and God, he, he uses discipline in our lives to get us to turn back to him and to get us to repent, to get our attention, to get us to start uh, uh, abiding, but Israel, people of Jerusalem and Judah, they would not repent, and so the fire kept coming and coming until they were consumed. Verse eight says, "Thus I will make the land desolate, because they have persisted in unfaithfulness." Says the Lord God, the land of Israel was made desolate. Remember we read that passage, I read that passage to you out of Isaiah 5, where God says, what more could I have done for them? And so God says, I'm going to tear down the hedge, I'm going to knock down the wall, I'm going to tear everything down, I'm going to burn the vineyard, and thorns and thistles are going to grow up. It's just going to become an overgrown field. And what is God going to do? He's going to remove the children of Israel from the land, they're going to be carried off to Babylon, Some of them already have been carried off, including Ezekiel. But with that third and final 
invasion from the Babylonians. Jerusalem will be destroyed. The temple will be destroyed. It will be burned to the ground. The cities of Jerusalem or the cities of Judah will be destroyed. The people will be removed from the land and the land's going to be left desolate. And God tells us here in verse seven, he's doing this so that they shall know that I am the Lord. So that they would turn their hearts back to him. That's what he wants. He wants wants the relationship restored. And they won't listen and they won't listen and they won't listen and they won't listen. And so now he, he brings this divine discipline and the purpose is to get them to finally turn back to him and be reconciled, to bring, to bring repentance, to cause them to turn back, to begin seeking the Lord again. And you know in your life, you know, I know in my life, isn't it when the trials come that we start seeking the Lord like never before, right? Where, you know, every, when everything's fine, we, we can kind of get casual with the Lord and get a little bit lazy in our walk with Him. But man, the trial comes. And instantly, right, we're, we're praying, we're seeking the Lord, we're asking people to pray for us. And it has this effect on us. Even just a little discipline, even just a little trial, has this effect of getting us seeking God. Gets our attention, hopefully, gets our attention and causes us to turn back to Him. The Bible says if we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. We were singing about that tonight as we began The service, when we do repent, when we do take that step towards Him, when we call upon Him, He responds. He takes that step towards us. He wants to be reconciled with us. That's why He sent Jesus Christ into the world to die on the cross, so that we could be reconciled with Him. And so the the message of the parable of chapter 15 is, is yes, you're God's special vine, Israel. But you haven't been abiding in God. And you're not bearing fruit for God. And so now God is going to bring discipline upon the nation. And I think the message for us is abide in Christ. Abide in Christ. Bear fruit for Him. Bear fruit for God that brings glory to Him. In your your life, as you're abiding in Christ, you should be bearing fruit continually. Not, not fruit from when you were a kid or something you were doing several seasons ago. Yes, that was a fruitful time in your life, but what about now? Are you bearing fruit for Christ now by abiding in Him? If not, what do you do? Start abiding in Him. Start abiding in Him. And you'll see over time that the fruit will appear. Just a natural product of your relationship with him he asked me how i know and i say bring truer than the finest crystal thanks for tuning in to today's edition of ring of truth with pastor dan as we study verse by verse through the book of ezekiel in ezekiel chapter 36 verses 26 through 27 the lord says i will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and give you a heart of flesh. 
and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. No matter how far away you stray from God, He never gives up on you. He always offers restoration and hope, even after you might reject it. What a gift and what love. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, we encourage you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with Jesus. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday to worship our Savior and study God's Word. And we'd be honored to share that time with you. Check out calvaryec.com to find directions and to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Again, that was Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We're so glad you joined us today, and we pray this message has been a blessing and encouraged you in your faith. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the book of Ezekiel when you tune in again, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the 